Hi, I'm Eric Glass. Welcome to In Good Company, where we discuss the most important issues facing your business with some of the smartest minds in the business. Today, we're going to talk about women who build technology products. There's a gender imbalance in the tech field, and that includes product design, development, and management. Joining me are three product leaders to talk about their experiences and share their ideas for supporting women in products. Thanks, Eric. I'm Erin Yang, Vice President, Platform Technology, Product, and Strategy at Workday. Hi, I'm Leslie Witt, Vice President of Design at Intuit. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Vanessa Larco, partner at New Enterprise Associates. Great to be here. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Technology, product design, and management, very male-dominated fields. So, Leslie, let's start with you. Why is it important to have diverse teams, um, specifically around developing small business and personal finance? Products? Yeah, we, we have a very diverse customer base. Um, and uh, th there have been countless studies that show that you actually end up having a more performant company um, the more diverse your bench strength gets, and that's not just gender. It also sits at really empathizing with the core human condition. Um, and for us to do so, and particularly as I think about my design team's ability to translate that empathy into concrete action, um, the more diverse their perspectives are, the better outcomes that we actually get. Aaron, you're th you think about finance, HR, analytics applications all day. How, how, do, you, how do you think about the, the diversity piece of that? Yeah, I would say it's very similar to what Leslie said, is that you know, ultimately, you want the people designing and building your products to reflect the people who are using your products and to be able to have that empathy and make mm -hmm. the right design choices. Um, I also think at Workday, we're really focused on promoting debate and discussion to get to the yeah. best decision possible. And if you have the same type of person, the same perspective, same backgrounds, around the table, you're going to arrive at a certain decision and probably not have a different perspective come in and challenge that. And so I really value having different perspectives around the table. And so I think that leads to both ethnic, gender, and, and socioeconomic diversity. So Vanessa, um, you know, from your VC perspective, um, when you're looking at, at different startups and, and you know, assessing different teams, how, how does diversity play into you know, that, that assessment and that point of view? Well, it's been studied a lot, and there's been a lot published about how teams and companies that are diverse tend to perform better. So right off the bat, I mean, having a successful startup is very difficult. So anything you can do to increase, increase your odds of success, you definitely want to take those. And, you know, sometimes you hear people say, well, it's very hard or it takes a lot of effort. Everything about building a startup is very hard and takes a lot of effort, so that's not a good excuse. Um, so, so looking for diverse teams is important because you want to maximize your chances of success. Um, and then you also uh, you want a team that has empathy, not just for their customers, but also for each other. Um, so Vanessa, let's stay with you. For women that want to start their own company, create their own startup, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, so I, I started a company um, many years ago in gaming. It's tough. It's a tough space. It takes a lot of grit um, and a lot of persistence and perseverance. So um, you have to really believe in what you're doing mm. because a lot of people will not. And that's okay. That means there's an opportunity. Um, the female founders that I work with um, all have this, you know, drive and this grit of like, I was told I can't do this, and now I just want to prove people wrong. Um, and so having something that really fires you up, either it's your mission or the adversity that you're facing, um, but we really see some of the most successful founders just have this laser focus and drive. So the Anita Borg Institute reports that women leave technology two times as often as men. Leslie, let's start with you. 
what suggestions do you have for companies to be able to recruit and retain more women um, in products? Yeah, well, first of all, I think you have to actively invest in building an environment, um, and that's both in the kind of literal sense as well as the cultural sense um, that's conducive to diversity. Um, you have to craft a, a place and space where people with multiple voices, multiple styles, multiple needs actually feel free to be themselves and know that they can be seen and heard. Um, you also have to take a hard look at uh, flexibility. Mm. Um, and I, I know that's traditionally brought up as sort of a women's issue or a, a mother's issue. Um, but the world is changing. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, millennials highly value their free time um, and that they're making choices that allow them to um, live and work a life that they want. We're seeing that, you know, generational needs cross various divides and people are needing to find flexibility to take care of ailing parents. And so I think the more that a company can invest um, and showcase and role model um, flexibility at its core, um, the better time they'll have of retaining top talent. Yeah. Erin Urbanis, I think it's so important to, to have it really come from the leadership down. Um, they have to set the tone in terms of really valuing what gender and ethnic diversity bring to the business. I also think that as part of that, it's back to what Leslie was saying, is it needs to be an environment that is not just giving flexibility to women, but looking at you know parents now being more and more equal partners in the home. And sure. one thing at Workday that I've always really appreciated is You'll see men leave early to go take their kids mm -hmm. to their swimming lessons. Um, you'll see men take the day off because daycare, you know, the kid is sick and they mm -hmm. have to cover. It's not just women who are doing that. And because it is more equal in that way, you don't feel like you're getting special yeah. treatment or having to take more time off than a man would. And that is really, really valuable. Yeah. Vanessa, anything you'd add to that? Yeah, I would say it has to start from the beginning of the company when you're five employees, it has to matter to you then. It can't just matter to you once you're 1,000, 2,000 employees and you have a big HR department. Um, and so it does come from the founders. It comes from what do you really believe in. Um, it's very obvious when it is uh, not genuine. I agree with so much of what you said, <laughs> but I'm going to challenge one part. Um, I think it's ideal if it's there from the beginning. Yep. Um, but I, I at least believe that uh, culture change is possible mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, you know, it needs to be role modeled and supported from executives. Um, but more and more of them are catching on to the fact that um, diversity matters and it matters to your business in a way that they may not have realized previously. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think that we have to hold out hope that you can change even if you weren't that way in the beginning. Let's kind of go back to um, just some of the you know advice for women who want to um, move into to the kinds of roles that, that each of you are in. So um, Aaron, let's turn to you. What, what's the best advice you'd give a woman who wants to move into product management? What I tell women is you are more qualified than you think. And women tend to underestimate what they can do. Um, even for myself, when I applied to Workday, I don't know if many people know this, but I applied as a developer and a UX designer. Even though I wanted to be a product manager, I just didn't think that I had any qualifications that said I'd be ready for that. So I'm like, OK, I'll start off as an engineer because I've done some development, <laughs> and then I'll figure out how to work my way into product management. Um, but I luckily had a high manager who kind of mm -hmm. plucked me out of those. <laughs> he happened to be the hiring manager for both user experience and product management at the time. So he's like, well, she can do product management. 
now I look back and I think that was silly. I should have just gone for the role that I probably was pretty qualified for. Sure. I mean, ultimately, I ended up in that in that role and being hired for it. And I see so many women who underestimate or they're like, I should do these three things first and then I'll be ready for that role that I think we end up being our own obstacle. Um, Leslie, when you think about product design, um, you know, what, what advice would, would you share? Well, I don't know if this would be advice particular to women or just in general, um, folks who are interested in, uh, in design and product design. Um, but I think, first of all, you have to be um, killer at uh, empathy. You have to be able to kind of understand and observe the human condition, you know, both in direct conversational, you know, modes, kind of more ethnographically, but also through data. Um, and so really understanding kind of the behavioral and societal aspects of who it is that you're designing for. And then I'm actually looking for people that have, you know, more translational skills mm. who are able to bridge across and really understand how to work with engineers, how to work hand in hand with product management, how to collaborate and advocate and communicate. Let's shift over and, and talk a little bit about um, the importance of, of mentorship. Erin, you've said that um, women shouldn't just seek other women as mentors. Why, why is that? Well, ultimately, if you step back, it's a it's a numbers game. Like if if only women are mentoring other women, there's not <laughs> enough women in leadership roles to properly mentor all the women who are up and coming. We need men to step up and mentor not just men, but also women. Um, and I personally have benefited from having mentors and, and a sponsor who were male. And I do mm -hmm. feel like that added a different perspective of how I tended to look at things. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, on mentorship? I haven't had a ton of luck on the, the official mentorship programs. Um, it's always been very organic. Like someone in my org was like, you, you've been here till two in the morning. What's your name? <laughs> and um, and then, then you end up with like a great lifelong mentor um, through companies, through phases, through different roles. Um, and so I highly recommend uh, if someone's gravitating towards you and offering you some advice and some help, take them up on it. Vanessa, let me ask you, what do you think companies can do to better support women in technology development and, and leadership roles? Um, I would first start with be a good listener. Uh, make sure you're listening, I think, is the first step. And sometimes it's just as simple as figuring out what are some of the challenges your employees are facing and then figuring out, well, is there some kind of benefit we can provide to ease that burden so that they can come into work and focus on building the best stuff mm -hmm. um, and working closely with their team. That's great. Any other, any other thoughts on that? I think it's also important to... I think this is sort of obvious, but ensure that there are women in leadership and in decision-making roles. Um, because if you want to attract more people to come, they're going to look at the makeup of yeah. your current team <laughs> and wonder, you know, why maybe the ratio is not so bad, but often you see it drop off a lot in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. I remember there was one product manager who, who had started at Workday, and, and she, she worked for a woman on my team. And we did a little walk and talk type one-on-one -on -one after she had come on board and I just checked in on how she was doing and also like how she even made the decision to come to work day. And she's like, well, part of the reason was my hiring manager was a woman and then mm -hmm. I found out that her manager was a woman and at the time my manager <laughs> was a woman and she's like, there's something going on in this company and I really want to learn more. Yeah. Um, and obviously that wasn't the only factor, but she did yeah. mention it as something that um, really stood out to her compared to other companies. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. 
But just to really sort of summarize maybe what's, what's top of mind for each of you, um, parting advice for those who want to grow their careers in product design, development, um, management. Stay optimistic. Um, one of the pieces of advice I always give to particularly early career um, folks on my team is uh, let yourself do things that you don't think that you're interested in. Um, it's how I've discovered my entire focus. <laughs> um, I, I got forced into a project um, in the financial services space. I, I told my boss at the time, I, I'm not interested in this. And he said, oh, I don't care. Um, and I was a bit appalled. And then um, I discovered that it was this zone that was absolutely magical to me. Stay kind of radically optimistic. Bring your energy and passion to all problems and let yourself do things that you didn't think you were interested in. Very cool. For me, it comes back to you are more qualified than you know, and mm -hmm. that it's great to put yourself in a position where you're stretching yourself. So if you see a role or if you're given an opportunity where you think, I don't know if I can do this, that is the perfect spot to be in. That's where I feel like I've learned the mm -hmm. most in all of my career changes. And I think that means that you're learning. Erin, you stole mine. That's my <laughs> advice too. That's, that's my guiding principle as well. Um, it's always be a little uncomfortable, um, always be a little insecure. Um, and that's how you know that you're really stretching yourself. So, um, you know, every major opportunity that, that I've thrown myself into, I'm like, oh, there's a 50% chance I am going to mess this all up and get fired. And then I'm like, well, my mentors told me this means that I'm stretching. This is a good thing. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. And, um, and then the fear of failure really just, <laughs> it's amazing. You do great things when you're really scared of failing. Um, as long as you just push yourself, force yourself into those things, it's pretty amazing what you can accomplish. Well, I think there's certainly a lot here for, for everyone. Leslie, Aaron, Vanessa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks again for listening to the In Good Company podcast. If you'd like to watch the video version of In Good Company, please visit Workday's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash workday. Mm -hmm.